0: In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. First, let's remember where we've been these past few weeks. On Easter Day, the great feast of the resurrection, Jesus rearranged life and death. Jesus takes us and our sin and our pain and our fear and our death. He takes all of that with him to the grave. And then on Easter, Jesus is raised and we are raised but our sin and our pain and our fear and our death stay buried. For them the seal is not broken and the stone does not roll back. Sin and pain and fear and death are not welcome in the rearranged world after resurrection. They are not welcome in the new Eden. So this was the punchline Easter day. On that great feast day of the resurrection, It is better off if some things stay dead. That is Easter, and it is a very, very targeted resurrection. Our difficulty, of course, is in leaving well enough alone. As wonderful as Easter can be, it can be disconcerting and even frightening. Sometimes it can tempt us to trade it in for something less. Last week, for example, we found the disciples huddled behind locked doors in an upper room with some very anti-Easter fear and some very anti-Easter doubt. It turned out that those locked doors were not a problem for Jesus. He won't be kept inside the tomb away from his creation, And he won't be kept outside the church, away from his community. He very easily slipped his resurrected body and blood through the wood and the stone and appeared among them. He made peace with them by breathing out his spirit, by forgiving their sins, and by offering them a bodily touch. If there is anybody here who's still afraid or still in doubt, you can touch me here or here. Those locked doors were not a problem for Jesus, but we saw that they were a problem for his disciples, who were locked in, and the rest of the world, which was locked out. There is no way that the church can grow, both in numbers and in maturity, when the church has its doors locked. Sitting at home in fear and doubt is no way to make disciples and make them stronger. Still, the resurrection is such an otherworldly thing. It is so disturbing and so disconcerting that living inside Easter takes practice. After all, once Jesus rises from the dead, everything is upside down. The world is undone. And then it is redone again at the resurrection in ways that we cannot begin to imagine. When Jesus is present, even the most basic, normal things no longer work the way they used to. After the resurrection, there is no normal life. Everything becomes extra-normal, re-eastered, re-edened, and re-energized. And that is very clear in the gospel that is appointed for today, this third week of Easter. Peter has been a fisherman all his life. But today, when Peter goes fishing, fishing doesn't work. Once Jesus rises from the dead, there is no more normal fishing. Peter has been one of Jesus' closest friends for almost three years. He was there at the feeding of the 5,000. He was probably there in Zacchaeus' house and also in the house of Mary and Martha. And certainly he was there at the Last Supper. But today when Peter sits down to breakfast on the beach, breakfast doesn't work. There is no more normal eating Peter has been one of Jesus' closest friends. But today, when he finally sees Jesus face to face, seeing doesn't work. Once Jesus rises from the dead, there is no more normal seeing. Now, all of that can make us terribly uncomfortable. It is not that Jesus is strange. He's not, it's... We who are. And it's not that he asks us to come now and do a bit better with our sin and our shame and our guilt and our hurt and our fear and our death. No, he's taken care of all that already. It's buried away two weeks ago. And it's not just that he's rearranged the furniture in our lives. Trust me, he has done way more than that to you and to me. No, we get uncomfortable in the days after Easter because it is clearer than ever that Jesus refuses to compromise. Jesus will not make peace with normal life. After Easter, it is more clear than ever that the kingdom of God is an all-or-nothing game. There is no halfway in the kingdom of God. Jesus will not make peace with any life that is less than Eden. He just won't. And so today when he asked those disciples and you and me to play along fish like this, see like this, eat like this, and if you chase this text, the last two words of this gospel are follow me. Well, sometimes that makes us nervous and worried and we begin to make excuses. But there really isn't any need for that today if we simply watch what happens. Jesus Christ was not a fisherman but when he teaches them to fish, the results are spectacular. Jesus Christ was not an eye doctor, but when he teaches them to see, everything becomes clear. Jesus Christ was not a chef, but when he gives them something to eat, when he cooks, we all eat well. After the fall, the world was broken and narrow and selfish and cold. After the resurrection, his love explodes in the world, opening it and warming it and making it a fit place to live. After the resurrection, everything is different. In these days, since he was pierced and blood and water, baptism and supper came from his side. In these days, since he was resurrected, leaving our sin and our pain and our death and our shame in the tomb since then. For all of them, but for all of us as well. All water is baptismal. And all seeing is scriptural. And all eating is Eucharistic. And all life is rearranged and re edened It all becomes Extra normal and extraordinary. And that, of course, very, very easily brings us into a capital campaign. On Easter Sunday, we were targeted for resurrection. And we were not resurrected for nothing. As the disciples found in their fishing and their seeing and their eating, The resurrection is not the end of the game. The resurrection is just the beginning. After Easter, you and I who were fallen need to relearn how to live. We need to relearn what it means when Jesus says, follow me. And so you see a proper and faithful capital campaign asks the Easter question doing all we've done, and seeing all we've seen, and tasting what we've tasted, knowing what we know, and having what we have, how best can we follow Jesus Christ just the way he asks us to do this morning? How can we live having been re-edened, being resurrected, being re-energized, Not just settling, not just getting by, not just accepting the bare minimum. The temptation is always there to settle for what is good. But the question is, how can we do our best for Jesus Christ? How can we press on? How can he have the best possible use of us? That is an Easter question. After thinking about this for years now, the answer emerged, buy land, make space. We may not have known that it was going to be this much land and this much space. But then at Easter, if we learned anything, what we learned is that the Lord is full of surprises and he doesn't always think and act the way we think and act. And so this next week is critical for us. What we do in the next seven days will affect this congregation for the next 70 years. Toward that, you've all been engaged by a capital campaign for much of this last year. And if you have learned anything, I hope you have learned that a capital campaign is a spiritual exercise. Because a capital campaign teaches us to follow Jesus. It teaches us to live within the resurrection. It teaches us to steward our lives, to manage our lives, to care for our lives. It's as simple or as difficult as that. It teaches us to have great joy in what the Lord has given us as individuals and as a community. Here's the crazy, upside-down, extra-normal, post-resurrection, post-Eden, extraordinary, resurrected part of all of this. We take care of ourselves, but not for ourselves. We give without intent to receive, We work as hard as we can, and we expect nothing in return. We do it as community for everybody else except ourselves. So the church grows in both numbers and maturity, and so we are then found to be faithful in making disciples and making them stronger. All of that because the stone rolled back, and life lives, and Jesus opens locked doors, and gives gifts, and sends us out, and says, follow me, and changes the world. Everything is different now, even you, even me, and even where we're going. So you should have some fun this week in the way of the gospel toward a very strange and extraordinary pledge day next week. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.